Let's talk about sexism and the academy. Welcome to the In Vino Fab podcast. I'm Patrice. And I'm Laura. In Vino Fabulum means in wine story. There are so many tales that need to be told about women from all walks of life and their communities paired with wine, of course. The In Vino Fab pod is a place to learn in space, share stories about our work, interests, passion projects, issues, and random wine facts, of course. Hi, Patrice. How's it going? Hi, Laura. It's great. It's a beautiful, uh, sunny day here today. However, the topic that um, I wanted to talk to you about is not a uplifting and sunny topic. Oh, you want to bring um, us down. I see. Okay. Yeah, unfortunately. Um, as much as we talk about diversity and inclusion, it seems that sexism in the academy just remains um, a constant issue. And I recently read an article called Sexism in the Academy. Um, and in that article, it talks about some of the challenges and barriers that women in the academy still face. And a lot of it has to do with um, even, I mean, things that people maybe aren't even aware they do of. But for example, if you look at a reference letter that a faculty member writes for a female versus a male, they tend to use different language in that in those letters. Like descriptive and, terms? like Yeah. Yeah, and women still um, get significantly less funding than men. And I think, you know, the other issue that um, I've, you know, I continue to hear a lot of stories about are the issues that um, women, specifically in the sciences, face as PhD students. And, uh, you know, when they have a mentor or they're working, you know, under a faculty member who essentially controls their future. And, um, you know, a lot of what goes on and the positions that they're put in where they're faced to do things that maybe they don't want to do or, you know, essentially be, um, you know, some in some cases having to leave or change careers. Yeah, that tenure and promotion carrot really hangs over some folks. And it, it was interesting when you sent me this article that I couldn't believe. Um, so I think this is in Europe around the, the female full professor hovers around 32%. That's like mm-hmm. going through um, assistant associate to full and, and our yeah. friends overseas call them lecturers, senior lecturers and like full. Um, that's wild that only 32% make it all the way through, but not surprising, sadly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and you know, this paper, you know, talks about, right. The, you know, the, the, you know, women have to work much harder to get, you know, the same results and as in many cases as men and, you know, the expectations are just much higher, which of course also puts a lot of significantly more stress and um, has, you know, an impact on work-life balance. Well, I guess I'll bring it up a little bit. I read this article and um, it made me think about, I'm reading a book now, the Harvard Business Review Guide for Women at Work just mm-hmm. came out year. So uh, there's a lot of things they talk about, but chapter 10, each of them are kind of like short essays. Chapter 10 is one by Sylvia Ann Hewlett. She talks about the right way to find a career sponsor. So we think about mentorship and we've talked about mentorship, but a sponsor is someone that actually advocates for you more and puts you in the opportunities or the places or gives you suggestions that actually 
um, help you model what you're going to do and bring to the table. And so she talks a lot about giving uh, mentors can listen to your advice and they offer advice, but this idea is a sponsor might um, advise you or steer you. It's to help to develop you as a leader and be competent in whatever area that you're in, whether it's in academia or industry or somewhere else. So maybe we need more of those to help that move our careers further because it doesn't always happen within, like we hope it happens through informal mentorships and relationships. But what if, if we need more sponsors in our career? That's what I started to think about. So that's interesting because I know, you know, um, there's a, you can distinguish between a mentor and a coach. Mm-hmm. Uh, so now it sounds like um, a sponsor is something that's also unique and different from the other two. Yeah, well, they said, so the example would be, you have to be pretty strategic. So these are some suggestions. Um, it's it's making sure you have the right match because you could have mismatch in this kind of relationship. So you want to be strategic in who you're looking for. Um, you target your sponsor might exercise authority or the way they work in a way that you don't. So you're looking for someone to sharpen your skills, as they say, in an area that you want to improve on, or they're more powerful even. like So they might have a status or um, more contact or a stronger network. Um, You want to look beyond the immediate circle of mentors and managers. So it might not be someone in your organization, but maybe it's someone in your discipline or at a professional meeting or conference you go to. Um, So that could change your career. And they could be like, this could be like a founder. They're talking about like finding a president, a founder, an executive director, who would be ideally a couple, two levels is what they recommend um, to say, let's sit down and meet and talk about um, things you want to accomplish in your career and things that will get you there. And sometimes mentors do this, but this mm-hmm. is like looking for an active, um, someone to advance your career and say, like, I'm looking for someone to, you know, push me and kind of challenge me to the next level. Hmm. Do, you ha- do you have anyone like that? So as I was listening to you talk, I was, I was wondering about that. And I was thinking about how... Um, a couple of conferences that I've been at recently, like before the conference, if you're new to the conference, they actually like connect you with a conference mentor, mm-hmm. which could be a way to find a sponsor, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, I think that that's also a way, you know, that, that that person, the idea is, you know, that's a new person, but they also help you meet, they also help you network at a conference. Mm-hmm. So that might be something for people to look into. And you could actually say to this person, like, I'm looking for a sponsor. These are, you know, these are like areas of growth for me. Is there anybody here that you can introduce me to? And um, I also recently started, um, Educause has a new mentor program that they just launched. And so I was just connected with someone who's going to be my mentor in that program. Um, but now that I was listening to you talk, I'm wondering if this will be more of a mentor or a sponsor, or, you know, maybe I want this person to be more of a sponsor. So I don't know, I'll have to reflect on that a little bit, because I, I mean, I am lucky to have a lot of people in my life. And I, I didn't really, I never really thought about sponsor versus mentor. Yeah, it's, it's made me think about it from some of the research I've been doing and mentorship. And to her, I'll, I'll put a link to one of her books that I really want to read that's called Forget a Mentor, Find a Sponsor. So I'll put um, Hewlett's book in there because it's on my to-read list. I think what's different about this is it's kind of asking the question, what do you bring to the table? And so a sponsor, and this happens in mentoring too, they're lo- actually looking at um, advancing a career vision, but having a reciprocal relationship. So 
sure, I'm going to ask my um, sponsor to encourage my career direction in, let's say, learning and development, but I'll bring them maybe my savvy on how to do a po- amazing podcast. I don't know, like something that they want to learn more about. Like it's kind of like sharing skills back and forth and it doesn't have to be always an age thing because there's some people above me that are younger in their status in the profession and in the field that I could learn from a lot. So it's not necessarily an age thing, but maybe an experience or a position that you might be striving for. Um, We had this thing at University of Toronto, which was interesting. They only did 10 a year, but it had kind of cross uh, mentoring that was that high leap. So my friend that was a career counselor was matched with the VP of HR. So they would talk about because one does career and advice at this level, and one does career and people talent planning at the top level. So that was kind of that sounds like more of a sponsorship to me, meaning to cross train, learn, and deep dive into some area. But True. well, I'm really excited about that. And you did help um, bring up an uplift on a positive note. Um, <laughs> yeah, I tried, but you're right. We need to have more sponsors and people advocating for us in academia because I don't want to see everyone dropping out early for one reason or another. And, and this article is interesting, so we'll put a link to it as well. Um, let's, before we wrap up, let's bring up a couple books that maybe we're reading for funsies that uh, aren't to do with some heavy topics of the world of work and women. Sure. So a book that I just started reading is called Ruby. And it's by Cynthia Bond. And a book that was recommended to me at a conference that I was just at is called Colonize This. All right. So you're reading Ruby. Do you you have a brief synopsis of why you picked it up? Um, So my brief synopsis is that I was listening to Oprah Winfrey podcast. She was interviewing the author and um, Oprah couldn't stop talking about how wonderful the book was. And so it motivated me to give it a try. Cool. Um, the book I just read, I recommend it was a delight. It was called, um, Evie Drake starts over and it's by Linda Holmes. Uh, some people might know Linda Holmes from NPR. This is her first book ever. And so I always like new authors and read their work. Uh, this book is kind of about starting over. Um, Evie, uh, is a recent widow on plans, but she's got to start her life over and she's mismatched with a a baseball, a famous baseball player that got the yips. Who so they he can't pitch anymore. He, happens to, he moves in to be her roommate, and it's kind of like friendship, romance, life changing, all in one. So it was interesting on the the coast of a small co- town in Maine. So it was uh, it was good perspective if you're thinking about starting over like some of us are these days. So it was it was a nice little story to read. That Fiction, good. obviously, yeah. And maybe next time we'll be able to share a little synopsis of what we thought of the books. Absolutely. All right. Until next time. Until next time. To catch the next episode, be sure to subscribe to InVinoFab wherever you get your podcasts. Find us on Twitter and Instagram at InVinoFab, and we'll always welcome comments and messages sent by tweet, private message, or email at InVinoFabulum at gmail.com. Cheers. Cheers.